This show is dedicated to the memory of my mother, Mickey Maggie Margaret Ruth Ahrensberg. The show misses you. So do I. I am Citizen 44. everybody, Mark Ahrensberg here. Welcome to Citizen 44. This is show number 100. Yeah, 100. I may sound a little nasally. I got this cold thing going on. Not COVID, just a cold. Strong, lingering cold. I've had it for about a week. Can't shake it. Anyway, the show must go on, right? Especially show number 100. My guest on today's show is the incredibly adorable and extraordinarily fantastic, my favorite of the favorites, my daughter Zoe Ahrensberg. So excited to have her as a guest on this monumental show. I really appreciate the fact that she's game to jump on the mic with her knucklehead father and be candid and fun and do this thing with me. Really happy that Zoe's on show number 100. Anyway, I haven't seen her now and it's going to be coming up on two years in January and I am super grateful that I get to have this thing with her. And of course, I would love to see her. I would love to be with her and spend some time together. But she's doing her thing. She's working full time, going to school full time at OSU. And she's got a life. She's a big girl. She just turned 21 on November 7th. Happiest of birthdays to you again, Zozo. Amazing that you're 21. It seems like so long ago that your mother and I were in Fort Collins, Colorado to adopt you. You were four pounds, two ounces. You fit in the palm of my hand. You were in an incubator the first two weeks of your life. And we didn't know for sure if the birth mother was going to change her mind 
So it was a really intense, amazing experience. We got a phone call from our attorney. This is after three failed attempts of in vitro and me saying, do you want to get pregnant or do you want to be a mom? She said, I want to be a mom. I said, okay, then we've got to do something different. And in fact, we did that. We went one more round of in vitro. She did get pregnant, but miscarried the child. We got a call from our attorney and he said, you've got to go tomorrow to Fort Collins, Colorado, where there's a child waiting for you. So on the way, we had a baby naming book and it was going to be either Zoe, which is the Greek word for life, or Isabella. But we both agreed on Zoe and it was the right choice. Also on the show is Rich Reese. I'm excited to talk to Rich as always. Also incredibly grateful and honored to have my dad on the show, who's been a part of this podcast since the beginning. And we're going to hear from my mom and dad from some older episodes. My mom's been gone now almost two years, coming up on the 30th of November. Also, Val, happiest of birthdays again to you. Her birthday was on November 11th, just a few days ago. And my birthday's coming up on the 19th here of November. I'm going to be 60. It's the big birthday show. The big birthday show, the 100th show, the big 100th show with the birthday show. All those things going on in the same show. Here's Zoe. Hey, Zozo. Hi. What you doing? Talking to you. Good point. Yeah. So it's 5.06 p.m. there in uh, Corvallis, Oregon? Yep. Did you have dinner yet? (laughs) At 5 p.m.? (laughs) What am I, 75? Jesus. I was going to say, I know you're not 80 years old needing the early bird special, but uh, what time do you typically eat dinner? 6.37, sometimes later. Okay. You had Halloween yesterday? Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Halloweekend. Oh, never heard that before. That's what everyone calls it here. Well, because of all the parties. How'd that go? It was good. It was fun. Did you go to any parties? God, no. No way in hell. No thanks. Me and my roommates all hung out and we went to Fred Meyer and bought pumpkins and carved the pumpkins and watched movies and had candy and cookies and stuff like that. It was a good day. Did you roast the pumpkin seeds yourselves? We did, yes. It was very professional. Ah, so you got one pumpkin each? Yes. And now they're sitting on our wall outside our house. It's very cute. Awesome. Did you cut the top off and put light in it for last night and all that stuff? Mm Mm-hmm. Did the whole thing. Oh, cool. Did you have any trick-or-treaters? No. We think the children or the parents must know which houses are college houses and kind of avoid them. Because we had our porch light on and everything, and we still didn't get any. But you're a house full of girls, aren't you? I mean, women, sorry. But random children off the street don't know that. It just looks like a college student's house to them, so. That sounds kind of discriminatory. To college students? Yeah, I mean, not all college students are crazy, are they? Well, maybe they are, I don't know. I think as a rule on Halloween, you don't want to be sending children to college students' doors. They're handing kids margaritas? No, you just might get met with a bunch of, like, drunk young adults, so best just avoid those houses in general. 
Okay. Well, so you save money on giving candy away. Yeah, it's true. But you would have had fun. You would have loved children dressed up in costumes. Yeah, certainly. That's why we had our porch light on, because my other roommates don't like kids. I'm the only one that does, so... Well, we had our pumpkins out. They were all out looking cute. I think if you sat on the porch with a bowl of candy, they see you, they would totally come up and get candy from you. Maybe so. Fair enough. So next year, you dress up in your Harry Potter outfit that I gave you and uh, you hand out candy to the youngsters. (laughs) Could you hear them going up and down the street or anything? I don't think this street gets a lot of them. Huh. Because we couldn't hear them or see them. We were sitting in the kitchen for most of the evening, so this just might not be the neighborhood for it. Which makes sense because it is right across from the college, so maybe parents and kids as a rule kind of avoid it because they're like, "Uh, that's where all the frat houses are. We don't need that. Which is fair. Speaking of Harry Potter, it looks like you got your hair cut really short there, Harry Potter. (laughs) Yeah, that's what Barb said. She said I look like Harry Potter. (laughs) Or maybe it was mom, one of them. Yeah, I did cut my hair. Well, Nancy did, but yes. Was this uh, an authorized length? Yes, I chose this length. (laughs) Okay, because it's the first time I've seen your hair that short. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, I did it on purpose because I wanted to cut my hair short. Because why? Because it's fun and I'd never tried it before. You're a pretty brave person. Earlier in your youth... You were not as brave and daring about most things, but you seem to have flipped that switch. Yeah, you could say that. (laughs) What other brave and daring things have you done recently? You got a new job, which is super exciting. Yes, I have a very public-facing job. I talk to people on the phone. You hate that the most. Yeah. Wow. And send many emails a day, have meetings with other folks. How does that feel to you since you are someone who previously did not like people generally? Yeah. That seems to have changed. You seem more accommodating and maybe friendly towards the idea that people are unavoidable and you're going to have to have some kind of relationship with the other humans. Yeah. I mean, I just really like my whole work office and the climate we have. My boss is a really nice person. All my coworkers are super cool. So it doesn't scare me in such a supportive environment. Like, I don't feel like my boss would ever get, like, mad at me or I feel like she'd always support me. So that's helpful. Well, that's cool because in the future, you may go into some kind of vocation where you have to deal with people other than children. Mm -hmm. Most likely you will in some professional capacity have to deal with other adults. And it's great that you're figuring this out now at the threshold of your 21st birthday. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's in a few days. Less than a week this Sunday. That's amazing. By the way, I sent you something. Not that I'd forgotten your birthday. I had not forgotten your birthday. Sure. So you have something coming today or tomorrow. And your mom too. I hit you both at the same time. So look for that Amazon delivery because it's coming. Okay. I'm getting an Amazon delivery from mom tomorrow too. Oh. So... That's funny. For your birthday? Yeah. Okay. She got me AirPods. Very nice. Interestingly enough, I got you and your mother the same thing, but slightly different. Hmm. Interesting. I'm not even going to hint at anything other than I did make a reference earlier to the genre, genre of the thematicness of the thing that's coming. 
That's all I'm saying. Not saying anything else, Harry Potter. Yeah, I got that. Thanks for that hint. Do you have any specific plans for your birthday? Yes. Mom and Aunt Barb are coming up to visit me that weekend. Oh, fun. So they're going to come stay at the nice hotel in town and we're going to hang out and get nice food and go shopping and I'll give them an official tour of campus because I know how to give tours now as a part of my job. Right. You're literally a professional tour giver now of the campus. Yes. I mean, I'm not with that office, but I have given tours before, so I can give them. You're not with what office? We have a separate tour guide office that I'm not a part of, but as a part of my job, I have given tours, so I do know how to do it. Yeah. So you're like the ultimate docent in the fact that you have to prepare young people coming into the school to have some knowledge of where things are and processes and procedures and all that stuff, right? Yeah. I work with the Office of Student Orientation. That's kind of our whole thing is getting students ready to come to college. Right. Is there a bizarro office called the Office of Disorientation, where everything is upside down and you get people lost intentionally and give them wrong instructions? Certainly not. That sounds like some Alice in Wonderland type stuff right there. So, no. Well, that's why I use the Bizarro World reference to uh, bring that up, which is a Seinfeld reference, Bizarro World, in case you didn't know that. I did not know that. I still have never seen Seinfeld. You have never seen one episode of Seinfeld? I have seen a few isolated episodes. I have never seen... When I say I've never seen a show, I mean I haven't seen the whole show or a majority of the show, you know? You mean you haven't seen one entire episode? Yes, I'm saying I have seen singular episodes. You haven't seen the whole series. So you haven't seen nine years worth of episodes. Yes, that's what I mean by that, is that I haven't seen this series. Or even one season. Not even one season. Okay. Do you remember which episodes, if any of them, do you recall which one or ones you've seen? Um, there's the one George is lying to some lady about something. Well, that's in almost every episode, so that's not a drill down. Yeah, yeah. Is he saying he's a marine biologist? He might be. It's possible. Because the marine biologist episode is singularly one of the funniest episodes with one of the most grand endings of all episodes. Wow. So much so that on the fly, Jason Alexander had to learn a monologue in about 10 minutes that they changed at the end of that episode. And while he's delivering it, Jerry, the real Jerry Seinfeld, is literally mm -hmm. blown away that he's remembered this. So his reaction to Jason Alexander's delivery of this monologue is authentic. And he's literally jaw dropped. He cannot believe that he's doing this. And it's really one of the funniest endings of any episode of 180 episodes that they made. And Seinfeld was rated as not only the funniest TV show in the history of television by TV Guide, but the best TV show ever in the history of television by somebody. I don't know. Wow. High praise. Pretty good. You know, I think I have some kind of contact in some kind of context with Seinfeld or Larry David every day of my life. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's a healthy thing that, that I just stated, but it's a factual thing that I'm either wearing the Seinfeld shirt or I'm watching an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I couldn't sleep last night because I have this really horrible cold, which 
thank goodness right now, it's like it's non-existent. Can you even hear it in my voice at all? Once you mentioned it, I was like, oh, your voice does sound a little bit different, but like not off the cuff. I'm a little nasally. Yeah. I was wrecked all night. I slept maybe an hour or two, but I made some green tea with some lime and some uh, agave. Nice. So good start to my day. I've got you. I've got my tea. I feel pretty good. And uh, you're going to be 21 and I'm going to be 60 in a few weeks. It's true. That is nuts. (laughs) Honestly, I can't equate that number with me personally. I mean, I know this is obviously just a chronological thing that I had no say in, that somebody made up this whole idea of years and numbers and whatever, but it seems irrelevant to my life for the most part, other than maybe I'll get a little more respect now when I tell people I'm 60. I don't know. Maybe. Probably not. I don't think so. Today is Monday for you, right? It is Monday, November 1st. Did you have classes on 11-1-2021? I did. I only went to one of them. I had two. Which one? I went to my ethics and computer science class. Ah, this was the class you spoke of the last time that you were able to avoid some kind of a computer class that you didn't want to take. Yes, So what is this class now that you're taking in replacement of the other class? It's just a class where we basically go through some of the most common ethical theories. And then once we did that, we have been doing readings on different ethical issues in computer science. And then we come to class and we talk about them. And then once a week, she has a few students in the class do a structured debate in front of the whole class about a computer science issue. So I went today because Molly had hers today and I wanted to support her. Molly's your roommate? Yeah. Give me an example of one of these ethical queries. Today's was about whether social media is ultimately a good or bad thing for society. And was there a formalized debate over that? Yep. That's maybe the most fascinating thing in the world because it's so relevant literally to every human being who is plugged in on the planet because there are such upsides and downsides to it. I think there's more down, but that's just my perception. I would agree with you. I think Einstein said any tool in the hands of a madman is dangerous, regardless of what it is. And we're all crazy for the most part. It's just a matter of degrees. But if we were not, if we were not so enamored and emotionally immature and foolish around social media, it's an incredible tool to advance civilization. If we were critical thinking, emotionally mature sapiens that could leverage the technology versus drowning in it, which is, I think, exactly what we're doing. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would also say that a lot of it isn't even the fault of the consumer because a lot of these platforms are specifically designed to sort of do the worst. The way we talk about it in class is they're not actually social media companies. That's not their purpose, like Facebook especially and Instagram and all of those. Their purpose isn't social media. Their purpose is advertising. That's how they make their money. So their main goal is to keep you on that platform for as long as possible so they can collect as much data as they can and also sell you as much as they can through ads. So their main purpose is to show you things that'll keep you scrolling. So a lot of that can kind of make it 
less beneficial as it could be because people think of it as like, oh, it's this way that I can connect with other people, but that's not what it's designed to be. And that's how things like hate groups get so prevalent on there is because the algorithm is set up to show you things that you'll find interesting, so you keep scrolling, or things you'll find divisive, so you keep scrolling. So either it'll insulate your own opinion, or it'll show you things to try and make you angry, so you get more invested and want to keep scrolling. So either way, it creates this real divisiveness that isn't great for society or humanity as a whole. Yes, to all that. Most of this is about collecting your data and using it against you to entice you mm -hmm. because we're easily manipulated into being shown what we want to see and then responding to that as a consumer. I do think that we are coming to an age like there's this new software platform and a new company. They showed up in one of these Shark Tank type shows for funding mm -hmm. and the company is called Generate. G-E-N-E-R, the number eight. What it is, is they are a blocker. You have a choice. You could either, through sharing your data, you can earn points and earn things, or you can block people from accessing your data through this website. And I think this is like a new frontier of protection that's coming into play, mm. which I think will affect social media. So I think we've reached kind of this critical mass where... Companies are going to figure out how to profit from protecting us and give us options. And I think this will start taming our behaviors maybe a little bit or diversifying how we see our connection to some of these portals that take full advantage of our naivete and our weakness in our critical thinking and willingness to detach from being inundated by this imposing messaging. Mm -hmm. So we might be at that threshold right now. I happen to see a YouTube video where this young, good-looking, long-haired British cat was pitching his company to these investors, and they all loved it. First time I've ever seen one of these shows where they all wanted to be involved. They all wanted to invest. Two of them ended up getting together to give him the office space he needed and share the money that he was looking for so that was a good indicator to me that I think we're there right now. Things are so fragmented and everything's so fucked up, especially in the States, as you know. And I think we're ready for change. We're ready for some things to happen where people are going to start standing up. People who are innovative are going to start coming up with solutions that are going to put us back in control. You know, I think we're a little lost in this whole digital field and uh, it's ludicrous now. You're not on Facebook, right? No. Yeah, me neither. I don't get it. I mean, I have a Facebook profile, but I never go there. The only time I've even gone close to it was when Cousin Larry sent me a message through Messenger. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it makes no sense to me now. Yeah, I think it's pretty toxic. It's super toxic. You know, some of my friends, they become different people in that arena and become very aggressive and opinionated. And there's no accountability for how people respond to each other. And it seems to be very unhealthy. Yeah, I've noticed. I've seen on mom's phone, like she scrolls on Facebook a lot. And a lot of it just seems like really toxic garbage and people behaving poorly and being assholes and screaming their opinions into the void with no regard for other people. 
I think that's what Twitter has become as well. Mm-hmm. I do like Instagram because it's all image based and I'm a photographer and a podcaster and there's no conversation really happening there. I mean, you can comment on things, but it's not really set up for too much engagement, which I appreciate. And by the way, that is owned by Facebook, interestingly enough. It's cool about your class. You didn't really get into the details of the debate. What kind of information did that debate deliver? It was a lot of just stuff I kind of already knew from just like the class itself, but I don't like the debate format personally. I think it's sort of unnecessarily structured and a little bit stupid. If I wanted to do debate, I would have been a debate kid in high school, but I wasn't because I don't like the sort of vibe of debating that it often has of arguing for argument's sake. I I don't like it, so. I feel that the foundational thing that you don't like about it, which I think is the root of evil for much of mankind, it's an unnecessary competition. Yeah, it annoys me. Like, we could just have a discussion on it, and I would find that much more interesting and productive than forcing people into these teams to argue with one another. Well, I think we're rooted in competition, and it goes back to the earliest of times. Mm -hmm. That's as divisive to me as anything else, and that has permeated into our culture in a variety of ways. Yeah. For me personally, it's not my favorite format of having a class or anything like that, but... The arguments were basically just a lot of statistics on the side of, no, it's not good. It was a lot of statistics that show how bad social media is for a whole variety of groups. They focused a lot on young people and how social media has been shown to really impact their mental health really negatively and lead to internet addictions. And kids will experience withdrawal symptoms if they have it taken away because they employ these intermittent variable rewards to keep your attention. And so it ends up forming this addiction in kids' brains and changing their reward systems as they grow up, which is pretty screwed up. And then they even talked about there was a thing with Facebook where Facebook recognized that the 2020 elections were pretty dangerous and divisive. So they turned on these safety measures in their algorithm. I'm not really sure how it works. I'm not in computer science, but they blocked a bunch of divisive content so it wouldn't impact the election too much. But then after the election ended, they turned those safety measures off in favor of maximizing their profit margins because the safety measures inhibit all that attention-getting content that gets them more money because people are staying on the platform longer. So people think that had a lot to do with the January 6th insurrection, which a lot of that was kind of talked about with the whole like Facebook whistleblower and that kind of thing. So it was an interesting argument against social media. And then the argument for... I didn't listen to it as much because I don't really believe in it as much. But basically, they talked about how it's nice for older people, especially to have social media, because the argument against social media focused a lot on younger people. So they talked about how older people can be really lonely and retired people and stuff. So it's a nice way for them to connect with other people and family and that kind of thing. There's very little positive repercussions from social media but they had to invent something for the event to happen. Yeah. Instead of just having a conversation and somebody just raising their hand and saying, well, what about this aspect of having you guys do some research instead of wasting time making it a sporting event? Yeah. 
And it was a little silly also because we did just write an essay on essentially the same topic. So it's redundant. Yeah. So that frustrates me a little bit with the course structure. You know what's great? What's great is depending on what you end up doing for your vocation, you get to see all the holes. Mm -hmm. You are getting to look at education at this amazing level where you can say, well, if I ever do that, I'm definitely not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. You get to look at the whole pie and see which parts of it are not effective and not usable. Yeah. And that's cool because I know that you have some aspirations of going into the education system. Mm -hmm. And uh, what a great purview for you to take what you like, what works for you, what you think is effective and discard all the things that are unreasonable and frankly, a waste of time for you and potentially your students. So I think it's pretty cool that you're having, regardless of the educational aspect of the experience you're getting, the practical experience that you're getting by getting to look at the machine, the mechanism as it is, and find the errors in it. Mm -hmm. Literally, you can start a school of your own and avoid all these things and properly teach in ways that you think are more effective and I think it's a really cool aspect of the education you're getting at uh, OSU. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I like OSU. Have you thought more about what you want to do at all? I mean, I know you're still early in the game. At least as a starting point, want to go into elementary education. Like that's what my degree is for. Cool. What else is going on around there at the campus of Oregon State University? You guys are pretty COVID-free in that part of Southern Oregon now? We are not in Southern Oregon. You're not even in Southern Oregon. You're in Northern or Central? I don't know if we'd technically be considered Northern or Central. I would say more Northern than Central, but I'm not really sure. Like we're an hour from Portland, so hour and a half maybe. Okay. So whatever that area is, are you guys pretty COVID free now, at least in Corvallis itself? I wouldn't say COVID free. I mean, I think... America's taken a route of just sort of accepting that COVID's going to happen and that it's sort of going to become endemic. So we do have COVID cases. I don't know how many because they don't necessarily tell us. I think I could probably go look, but I don't really feel the need to. We have testing centers that are open every day for most of the day. So if people think they've been exposed, they can go get tested. And then also some people have required testing. Like if they, for some reason, were able to get an exemption to the vaccine, they have to be tested, I think, every week, maybe even more frequently. So... It doesn't feel very scary or intimidating to me right now because we have free tests whenever we want them. Some folks have to get mandatorily tested every week and, you know, you have to go quarantine if you test positive, that kind of thing. So, Do you have to wear a mask outside or? Mm -hmm. We have to wear a mask on the university campus. I think it is, I'm trying to remember the exact rule, but it's like if you're within six feet of another person or any time you go into a building. All of our classes, we're supposed to wear masks. And like if we're near other people, we wear masks. People follow it to varying degrees, I would say. But I think for the most part, folks are pretty good about following those rules. Are the class sizes smaller, meaning are they spreading you out more or is it just normal for that? It's pretty normal, what I've noticed. Most classes are filled to their regular amount. But I think they're strategically choosing the buildings for them, or at least that's the sense I get. 
a lot of classes are being held in more renovated buildings, which I assume have better filtration systems. Obviously, there's some advantages or some changes that have been made since COVID has showed up for the positive, for the better health of people. You know, not that we want people dying or getting sick, but it definitely has forced our hand. Well, everyone's getting sick lately, not with COVID, but like there's colds going around like all my roommates have been sick. I'm sick and I've been hearing people sneezing around and I haven't been sick for a long time. It's so interesting that I got a cold and unusual that I got a cold. (coughs) Excuse me. So, you know, you're on the 100th show of Citizen 44 with Mark Ehrensberg. You are my 100th show guest, Daja Zozo. Wow. I'm honored. That's exciting. No, no. I'm honored. Thank you. I never thought I would even get to 100 shows. The show must go on, as they say. Yes. So that's kind of cool. I'm excited that you're part of it and that we both have birthdays this month and your mom too, the trifecta, 71119. Mm-hmm. Your mom's birthday is 1111. And I've been told that 1111 is very significant in my life. And it shows up on my phone all the time, exactly at 1111. I'll look at the phone and I see it all over, just like the 44s. I see the 1111, I see the 33s. And I did come to an epiphany. I sent your mom an email the other day of immense gratitude. It struck me like a bolt of lightning that your mother gave me my first camera, which was her father's knicker mat. And then we moved to San Francisco, where I became completely enamored with photography and inspired. And that's where it really took off for me. So not only did she give me a camera, she ended up getting a job in a place that would completely change me. And then before I came to Vietnam, she gave me this amazing Samsung Galaxy S8 phone with an incredible camera in it, which is how I've taken all the photographs that I'm going to put in this photo book. So she's been my guardian angel since the beginning. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if you know, or I've mentioned it to you, but every decade of my life has been very significant. Something really life-changing has happened. Have we had this conversation before? Potentially. I can't really imagine what happened to me when I was 10, but 20, I met your mom. Mm -hmm. 30, I decided to go back to school to become a graphic designer, go to community college for like nine hours, read a book and take a test and get the five credits I needed to get my diploma so I can go to graphic design school and become a graphic designer. In my yearbook in high school, I did write, I'm going to be a commercial artist. So I literally have done most of what I said I was going to do. And then at 40, we moved to Ashland and my life completely, as you know, flipped inside out and changed. And then at 50, Alan Hicks gave me Alan Watts' autobiography in my own way. And I went on a reading tear for six or seven years. I mean, I recently, since I finished this last round of Harry Potter, stopped reading. Plus, I got this big, beautiful TV in my new place with YouTube. And I've been watching some educational and cool stuff and then some garbagey movies and TV crap. I think I'm just going through a phase. But 60's coming up. Yeah. Vietnam's in the news a little bit here and there on uh, the John Oliver show. Was it about misinformation? Mm -hmm. It was a good one. Yeah. And it was interesting that this one guy, what's his name? King? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That he's like, who are they comparing him to in the States? Oh, uh, is it Joe Rogan? No, it was somebody more on the conservative side. Okay. So it definitely was not Joe Rogan. Okay. We'll see. What else is interesting going on with you? Is there anything currently that's ruffling your feathers or getting you excited or 
making you want to pull what's left of your hair out. <laughs> what's left of my hair? It's not that short. I mean, it's short, but like not what's left of your hair short. Your hair is what's left of your hair short. Mine sir. is somewhat <laughs> intentional, though. I do shave my head. Mine is intentional, too. Yes, Harry Potter. Honestly, it's a little... <laughs> It's a little offensive to call me Harry Potter. A little bit. <laughs> yes. Have you picked up an HP book lately? No, not for a hot minute. Yeah, I got to find something to read. I did pick up all of Mark Twain's short stories, but I started reading the first couple of pages and I detached from it for some reason. I mean, he's supposed to be one of the greatest writers in the world, right? Or authors, writers. I couldn't get into it. I need to pick it up again. I need to stop watching television. Or you could read some modern authors. You have such a penchant for, like, old-timey authors. I don't really get it. It's not my preference, which it's, it's fine if it's yours, but I think modern writing's a lot easier to read and more fun to read. I don't want easy or all that fun. I want engaging. Okay, but modern literature can be engaging, too. Okay. I'm just saying, like, you like Sapiens. That was more modern writing. That was not a narrative. That was excellently written and a fantastic thing that answered a lot of questions for me. That was a real eye-opener. Mm-hmm. Very good book. It's a little fatalistic in many ways because of the truth of the matter about humanity. Getting back to you, anything on your mind recently that you've been contemplating or talking about with your peeps? Not specifically. I've been doing a lot of work in school, so that's taken up most of my brain power lately. (laughs) You and I rarely these days have time to communicate, and that's Mm -hmm. because you are full on. Do you work on the weekends too? Not always, but sometimes. It depends what we're doing. Sometimes I need to work more than others. This past weekend, I didn't work too much. The weekend before, I did a bit of work. Two weekends from now, I have to basically work all weekend. Zoe, are you getting any exercise at all? Uh, mostly just walking to and from school. It's not much, right? It's not nothing. I mean, I have one class that's pretty far away and like round trip, it's like 40 minutes. Are you doing a fast walk? Are you just doing a casual walk? Doing a walk with intention? It depends. Usually I walk pretty fast. I don't like walking slow. Okay. How's your diet lately? What are you eating these days? It's better this week. It was rough before that. Except for Halloween, of course. Yeah, except for Halloween. But I've been getting back on track with food last night. Was it last night? No, the night before, Molly and I got ramen from our favorite ramen place. That was very good because it's it's delicious. The broth is so good. It's so, so good. Just so you know, the noodles in ramen are not the best thing for you. I love ramen too. It was like udon noodles. It was delicious. Those are not as bad. That's not too bad. Mm-hmm. That's our favorite from there. It's like their udon. It's so good. Do you go there to eat? We usually pick it up there and bring it home. Is it a close place that is near campus? It's not super near campus, but we can like drive there within 10 minutes. It's on 9th Street, which is one of the main streets where stores are and stuff. I actually like your town. I like Corvallis. It's a cool town. This is your second year at Oregon State University now? Third. I'm a junior. This is your third year? Yep. Are you in a four-year program? No. The education program is five years. So four years of like a normal degree and then a student teaching year. Okay. So you're at the halfway point. A little over. Yeah. Fantastic. How's that all feel? 
good. A little weird, but good. I still feel like I'm in the thick of it with all my classes and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, your college life is comfortable for you for the most part. And you have your autonomy, you have your friends Mm -hmm. and uh, you're back in class, which you love. Yeah. So it's all pretty good, right? Yeah. Anything missing that you would like that you don't have? Not currently. I'm pretty good. Okay. I said to Harry the other day, I told him you were going to turn 21. He's like, oh no. I go, you know what, dude? You have no idea. I honestly am not worried for one second about my daughter. She makes great decisions. She's not distracted by stupid shit. She is focused. She's working hard on school. She has a job full time. That stupid shit that goes on in college is not even in her purview. Yeah. Zozo, I love you. I appreciate you for coming on the show and being my guest on show number 100. Happiest of birthdays to you upcoming. So awesome that you're going to be 21 and you're doing what you want to do and you seem pretty happy. And I'm really happy that we still have this really awesome connection. Thank you. Yeah, sure, Zozo. Any parting words for the people who are listening regarding anything at all? Nothing specific. Thanks for listening, gang. (laughs) Okay, I like the gang part. It's almost dinner time. What are you having for dinner? Haven't decided yet. Maybe tamales? That sounds good. Okay. You're going to have some tamales today or tamale? Ha 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 ha. Are you caught up on uh, the office ladies? Almost. I am on the most recent one. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I tried to listen to it like four times because I was doing something at the same time. You can't really multitask and listen to Office Ladies. You got to listen. You got to focus. Yeah, it's true. Zozo, I love you. Love you too. (laughs) See you later, sailor. See ya. Bye. Bye. Hey, Mark. This is LSN. Happy 100th birthday to Citizen 44. That is fantastic. I had a great time being on your show twice. Love you very much, friend, and miss you. Hope all's well. Looking forward to some new shows. Ciao. Hello, Mr. Mark. I would like to say congratulations to your show number 100. I hope it will be the remark with your happy birthday for the city blossom of the rose. This is Harry Hobson. I am Mark's longtime neighbor and friend in Saigon. 100 shows. Congratulations, Mark. That's a lot of interesting conversations and a lot of hard work. Hey, Mark. It's your friend John Sabot from the Far East Travels podcast and YouTube. Congratulations on Citizen 44's 100th episode of the podcast. That is so incredible. Thank you so much for having me on as a guest. Mark, take care and all the best and good luck on your next 100 episodes. This show is sponsored by Small Portions Cafe. The book by Douglas Fergus. Ten absurdly clever and humorous short stories a la Mark Twain and Kurt Vonnegut. Read the book and see how the author intentionally convolutes language to create humor and unexpected excitement. Small Portions Cafe can be found on over 40 platforms as a paperback and a Kindle. Also as an audiobook read by the author. 
Here's a sample. Friday, 12 November, 3.30 p.m. Hospital maintenance worker Red Dabbit is cruising down the highway on his way to work. He's on the swing shift at Everdrevo Renrut Namcab Memorial Hospital in downtown Ranio Tickham City. He is driving well under the speed limit, listening to his favorite song on 8-track cassette tape, Love is Bigger Than Chocolate Cake, by the Bootweep family and featuring Tony Bootweep on lead vocal, when he is ordered to pull over by a highway patrol car with two officers inside. Red obeys the command, moves over, and stops. The patrol car stops a good 25 yards, 8,095.98 metric liter meters, behind Red's car. Officer 2, the passenger in the patrol car, gets out and aims a shotgun at Mr. Dabbitt's vehicle. Officer number 1, the driver, shouts over the patrol car's PA system, Get out of the car! Red answers over his own self-installed PA system. Who? Me? Small Portions Cafe by Douglas Fergus on Amazon and Audible. Hello? Hey, Dad. Hey, what's done? I'm just calling to say hi and check in. This is show number 100, and you've been part of the show since the beginning, and I was listening to older shows of you and Mom and I and thought it would be good to have you part of the whole number 100 show. Okay. I appreciate it. That's very sweet. Congratulations on the 100th show. Oh, thanks, Dad. It's 4.42 there in the afternoon. Is it that late? Yeah, it's 6.42 in the morning here. But you're in daylight savings time now, right? Yeah, it's 3.32 then. Right, so, okay, that's right. There's an hour difference, yeah. Right. What did you do this morning? Took us for his walks, did some shopping, and ran into Sandy at the market. Got Gus's treats. What are his treats? It looks like beef jerky. Have you tried it yourself? Oh, yeah, I have them every morning with eggs. I bark a few times and uh, everything's fine. Does he take you for a walk so you can poop and pee outside? Sometimes. Your roommates, you and Gus, the dog that everybody loves. Yeah, they do like Gus. In fact, Gus and I were walking around the corner the other day and two beautiful girls said, oh, isn't he cute? And I said, thank you. Oh, you meant my dog. If I was a young man... I would definitely take him everywhere I go. Mom's anniversary's coming up. I know. I took flowers yesterday. Did you say hello for me? Yeah. Zoe turned 21 last week. Yeah, I know. That's what I heard. And Val turned 61 the other day. Oh, my God. That's right. She's a year older than you, right? Yep. And I'm going to be 60 on the 19th. Oh, my God. Everybody's getting old except me. Yep, your number goes up, but it doesn't seem like you go up. Not too much, but time's really flying by. Yeah. I can't believe Mom's gone two years. That's pretty nuts. Well, this is the big birthday show. It took me three years to do 100 shows. It's the one thing that I said I was going to do that I've continued to do that I've been disciplined enough to at least continue doing. This isn't going to be your last one. No, I'm going to keep going. Very good. It's something fun that I love doing. It gives me an opportunity to talk to interesting people. 
And it also keeps my relationship interesting with my daughter and my son and my father. And it's like a bridge. Yeah. How else would I be able to listen to my mom unless I created these shows over all that time? And they're still fresh and funny. Mom was super funny on the show. Yeah, she was. She loved doing it with me. So it's pretty cool now that I'm at 100 shows that I could go back and listen to mom and still be tickled by our conversations and that I could still now call you and get you on as as part of the show sounds good so what are you doing the rest of today uh not a lot i'm gonna watch a movie on tv and uh make dinner that's it okay all right well i just wanted to call and say hello tell you i love you tell you i appreciate you and that i'm happy that i can do this and that you're still a part of what i got going on here thank you mark i appreciate it My favorite mommy? Which one is that? Your favorite one. The one that boinged you. Did it hurt? Yes. Doctor told me it went really well. And I said, fine, you can have the next one. And did he? No. So you had the next one also? I had the next one. Then you went and had another one after that? And then I said, I'll never do that again after your sister was born. And you didn't? No, I'm too tired. You mean now or then? Both. Okay. How are you feeling today, Mom? I'm okay, thank you. What did you guys do today? Nothing. Dad can't stop coughing. What are they doing to stop his coughing? He has his medicine. God willing. Does he use an inhaler? Yes. Oh, it doesn't arrest the cough? Apparently not. Oh. Got four different ones. Jesus. Is there any kind of short or long-term prognosis? He was told a year that he's going to have this problem before it would go back into remission. Oh, you're on the show. I love you. I love you too. Talk to you later. Okay, tell Dad I said hello and love him too. Is this a little girl? Yes, did you wanted to interview me. What is your name, little girl? My name is Cindy. Cindy? Cindy Susu. What? Cindy Susu. Cindy Susu? What kind of name is that? It's an East Indian name. Thank you. You're East Indian? Well, it's actually my stage name. My real name is Susu Kakapa. What? Susie Baklava? That's Russian. No, it's Susie Kakapa. Kakapa? What's that? That's my last name. Where in India are you from? I'm from... Casablanca. What? Casablanca? No, 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 no. Casablanca is not in India, schmuck. India, schmuck? Uh, no. Schmuck in India means sweetheart. Oh, I thought schmuck was idiot who gets out of shower to pee. No. Oh. No. I don't appreciate the way you talk. If you want to talk to me, you'll have to talk sweet. I don't really know how to do that. You want to talk to somebody else. I'd like to talk to my father. I don't even know why you're okay, on the phone. Okay, Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you see me, Hello? It sounds like you have a Muppet over your house. A Muppet? She's here for a weekend. She's visiting Gino. She's here for the weekend from India? No, she's here for two months, but she's visiting Gino for the weekend. Oh, you mean like a prostitute? 
Oh, okay. The, Mom said I should call you. What's on your mind? I was talking to Mom yesterday, and she said that you're coughing so much that you can't talk, and it was actually a very depressive beginning of my show, so I thought it would be important to call you and make sure you were able to talk a little bit and you were still alive. Yes, I am. Okay. Very much so. Well, you actually sound much better today. I feel better today. Okay. She said you were not good yesterday. I was not at all. Oh. How bad I was? I was supposed to go to the casino Monday, and I didn't go. Wow, you must have been feeling horrible if you weren't willing to go gamble. That's yeah, true. Yeah, okay. I'm not on the radio, am I? Dad, this is not radio. Not radio, well, you, whatever it is. Anyway, but everything else is good. I mean, if I start talking a long time... I'll cough. I love you, but I yeah. don't want to talk a long time. I love you, too. I just wanted to check on you. Happy New Year to you and Mom, and I love you guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. All right. Love you, Dad. Love you, too. Have a great year. You, too. See you later. Rich? Good, I'm good. I'm making really good bread now. Really good. Oh, tell me about that. Now I'm making bread to order. You know, like Zach and Dill and some other people are ordering bread for me and I'm just making it and giving it to them. <laughs> Any particular kind of bread you're making? I make authentic sourdough bread. Okay. Two shows ago, you had the Tartine book, you're all excited, and then the next show you had a job working at a local bakery, and now what, you open up a shop? What do you got going on? Uh, just in my own kitchen here. I went and worked at the bakery five times, but I got some good tips, and now I'm just churning out the bread. It's, it's great. You want me to FedEx you one? Are you just making the sourdough, or are you making a variety of kinds? I make sourdough because there's less ingredients. You know, it's three things, water, flour, and salt. That's it? That's all it takes to make sourdough. You have to create a leaven, a starter, by fermenting water and flour. You know, you have to get it going. It takes about a week to start fermenting, and then that's the basis for your sourdough bread. Oh, I did not know it was that simple as far as ingredients go. It sounds simple, but it's actually quite involved. It's scientific, right? You're creating a living thing. Absolutely. Yeah. The basis of it is fairly simple. Three things. Yeah, well, what's going on, man? Uh, you know, I'm just doing my thing and uh, got a little cold. I'm glad that vaccine's working out. Well, I don't have COVID, but uh, it was not a vaccine against colds. But things are normal. I mean, other than I'm still working from home and uh, mm. the city has opened up, I would say about 80%. The restaurants are all opened up now as of last week. You can go out and about, not under lockdown anymore. Till the next lockdown comes. That could certainly happen. And if it does, it does. What am I going to do about it? What can you do? Nothing. I go with the flow, man. I don't fight the current. Oh, you don't want to fight. No, I don't want to fight. I'm done fighting. I'm not saying that I'm totally passive. I'm not totally passive. No, just acquiesce. George Carlin said fighting for peace is like fucking for virginity. Well, the best way we can fight is to join together peacefully and take back our sovereignty, right? How are you feeling these days? I'm all right. Doing yoga and uh, just uh, working around the house. Yeah? What's going on around the house? Projects. I'm building a sauna. Oh. 
Like out of wood and stuff? Yeah, I'm going to build a really nice wood-burning sauna outside. Wow. Are you doing it yourself? Yeah, I'm getting started on it pretty soon. I'm just making a plan. Get cracking on that. That's cool. When are you going to build me an apartment out back? I'm going to build a barn. You could live out in the barn. <laughs> I've got no problem with a barn. That's all I'm saying. I just surrendered my Oregon license. It's gone. I have no more ties to Oregon. Congratulations. Did you get a uh, Tennessee license? Uh, yes, I did. What's the state bird? Um, it's, a, it's a seagull. I don't believe that. <laughs> Jonathan Livingston Seagull. That's a Jewish seagull. George Seagull's kid. Speaking of Jewish. What about Curb Your Enthusiasm? What a bomb, man. What a fucking bomb. In the first episode of season nine, maybe it was, they used a drone. Yeah. They were starting to do some stupid fucking experimentation. In the second episode of season 11, they started using this shaky cam, which I cannot stand, for his show. I mean, I think they might have used it in... Um, Laverne and Shirley. All I could think about was, did you talk to Jerry about going into another season? Do you know about going off like George on a high note? I was in the pool! He's probably bored, man. And, you know, everything has an expiration, right? And uh, he had a good run. Fuck, man, from what, 1989? I wish he would have stopped. Me too. I wish he'd have done a really amazing off-the-hook finale and called it a day. The Palestinian chicken season, that to me was the pinnacle of his show. Amazing. Or the Seinfeld reunion, which was absolutely genius. Yeah, that was season seven. Season eight was where he took being a Jew to the next level. That season was made for me and the less than 1% of the Jews on the planet. It was a brilliant episode. And if he would have quit after that, I would have praised him. The first episode of season 11 was not certainly the worst episode. I thought it was pretty funny when they were all shaming Albert and he still says something funny. He's like, come back, I've got flu shots. That was funny. Yeah. When he and Albert Brooks were sitting at the Greek theater, yeah. listening to the theme song of his own show, that was the end of the series. That was the end. That could have been, yeah, absolutely. And then to see what I saw for the second episode. It was a bomb. It was a shock, but whatever. Even Paul McCartney makes fucking shitty albums now. So, you know, look, everyone's got their uh, expiration. You know who else has great instincts is Ricky Gervais. He only does two seasons and he's done. Yep, he's really smart. The original Office was two seasons. The Americans, of course, had to milk it and drive it into the ground and ruin it. But the original one was two seasons and it was done. And it was perfect. Well, I have to tell you, my daughter, whose show you are on right now, show number 100. By the way, this is show number 100. She's been watching the American version every year, at least one time, all the way through all nine seasons since she was 11 years old. Wow. I, too, have been watching it every year at least one time all the way through nine seasons since I started watching it with her. I'm a fan. Okay. Are you playing any music? Are you doing anything musically at all? Uh, that's kind of on hold. i got to find more people to jam with. There's a really nice organic farm around the corner, and they had a really cool potluck dinner. And I went to that, that was nice. There's a lot of organic farms around here that I'm getting to uh, be friends with. Everyone's growing their food. It's really a cool community. Awesome. How's your garden in the back, your, your vegetable business? It's still going. I got some good stuff. Got some kale and some squash and some 
good stuff growing. Nice. Yeah, and I've also been trying to make a decision here. I'm thinking about buying a, a 65 convertible Mustang, but I'm going back and forth because, you know, I had a Ford and that thing, you know, every other time you drove it, it broke down. So I don't want to deal with that again, but I'd like to have a convertible. Make friends with a good auto mechanic. Right. I'm sure there's a lot of places in Nashville that work on these things. Classic cars are kind of a, a bigger thing here. A lot of people have them. If you make it just a Sunday driver, you have another vehicle. It's not like you have to drive it every day. Well, that's what I wanted to do, you know, put the top down in the summer and head out. And there's some beautiful areas out here in the country that are just extraordinary. Jerry Seinfeld in his latest stand-up talks about the bucket list. He said, I just changed the B to an F, which I thought was a funny bit. That's good. He's done a lot more than most humans will ever do. He earned everything he's got. Right. Seinfeld, you magnificent bastard. <laughs> Gotta be one of the hardest working comedians in the history of comedy. Yeah. There's nothing I want to do. You know, travel a little bit around here. I want to see my kids and my friends maybe one more time, if that's possible. And uh, that's it. I think we've talked about the fact we're both ready to go whenever the calling comes. And uh, I'm just biding my time, man. Do a little writing. Do a little reading. Making the show, though, number 100 with Zoe Rose Ehrensberg, the show that you're on right now. Yeah. 100 shows, Rich. Wow. Awesome. How are the Zamed brothers doing? They're busy. They're out there working, playing shows. Good. Me and Dylan were making up jokes the other day. We were trying to think of really clean jokes for their show. For fun. What were the garbage men discussing at the dinner meeting? Nothing really. They were just talking trash. What, what, what are you talking about? What do you call the guy who's uh, in the bathroom all night at the party? The party pooper. I think you may have something here. That's about it. Rich, thanks for being on number 100. Always nice to chat with you and catch up and all that good stuff. All right. See ya. It's the Citizen 44 huge 100th show event featuring Robbie Lindauer. Congratulations, Mark. Good work. Talk to you later. Bye. Mark, dude, congratulations on making it to 100 shows. Glad you have brought many diverse voices to the airwaves. Maybe YouTube will grab you up for the next 100. I don't know how that works, but you do have a body of interviews with real creative people in many fields, and you have brought your voice forward as well. A talented interviewer and a good friend. Thank you for Citizen 44. Hey Mark, it's Derek DeBoer all the way back from episode number 63. I wanna say congratulations on your 100th episode of Citizen 44. I also just wanna tell you how much we enjoy it, the diverse shows, the things that you cover. I love and I'm thankful for you featuring Brooke and I sharing our world of racing, living in and running a business in Ashland and, and our project, The Fast Life. So. Thank you for what you do. Hope all is well. And again, congratulations on episode number 100. Mark, Gary Lundgren here. Just calling to say, hey, thinking about you. Congrats on show number 100. Always great to hear your voice on your podcast. Miss you in Ashland, but trust all is well in Saigon. Until we meet again, wishing you all the best, sir. Hey, Mark, it's Nick from Relevant Discord here. Congratulations on your 100th episode of the Citizen 44 podcast. That's an awesome thing to see. And thanks for having me on a little while ago, too. That was a lot of fun. And I uh, just want to say here's to another 100 and hundreds beyond that. 
Hi, Marky Mark. Congratulations on your 100th show. This is Jean Burnett, your old pal from Ashland, Oregon. And hi from Samara. Hey, Mark. Congratulations. Just saying that I love the show. It's fun to listen to. I think I've listened to every single one so far. And we're sitting on a rainy day in Ashland, Oregon, thinking of you fondly. So be well, buddy. Keep up the good work. And hasta la vista. Well, that's the big show. Hope you enjoyed it. Show number 100 is done. I want to thank Zoe for coming on the show. So great. Like I told my dad, I have this thing that keeps me tethered to my family, to my friends. Like my camera's been an incredible tool for me for the last couple of decades to connect with people. This podcast is also another powerful tool that allows me to connect with people and maintain ongoing relationships. So super happy to do it. I want to thank my dad and Rich Reese for jumping on the show with me. Really great to have them still part of this thing as I uh, continue blazing a trail to the next hundred shows. Also want to thank everybody for their messages. Much appreciated. Super sweet. Good to hear those voices that I hadn't heard for a while. Citizen 44 with Mark Ehrensberg is a listener-supported presentation. You can hear all the shows on CastBox, iTunes, Stitcher, and Amazon. If you want to support the show, you can PayPal a donation to Mark Ehrensberg on PayPal. Much appreciated. This show is created, produced, mixed, edited all by me. For today's music, I want to thank Robbie Lindauer, RobbieLindauer.com, and Gene Burnett, GeneBurnett.com. Hoping everything is good for you and continues to be good for you. If you don't like the way your life is, we have the universal law of change with us. It's that simple. If you don't like what you got going on, make a change and change will happen. It's automatic. It's the opposite episode of Seinfeld. Do something different and you will get a different result. All right. Take care. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Sam, Zoe, and Val. One time I wore to school a fancy kimono and tie. And you sure look pretty. One time I jumped off a roof wearing wings thinking I could fly. Sometimes I sit up watching Alvira all night She's Then I saw your eyes. eyes Then I saw your eyes Want me and I'll want you Love me and I'll love you too Kiss me and I'll be the best you ever seen 
don't stop doing all those silly things. Have you ever worn your sunglasses all night? Even when I was sleeping. Have you ever done a pirouette under a street light? Without even cheating. Have you ever tried playing a trombone? Ain't as easy as it looks. Have you ever called the back of a bus your home? Love me and I'll love you. Want me and I'll want you to. Kiss me and I'll be the best you ever seen. Don't stop doing Don't stop doing All those silly things Did you ever wear a top hat down the street? It was Halloween did you ever tell a bad joke just to make a scene? Almost every morning. Did you ever laugh when you should have been sorry? Did you ever ask a crazy person to get married? Well, how about me? How about me? Silly things. All the silly things. All the silly things.